Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. So I'm happy to be here today. We are going to, uh, we're going to jump into some things today. And so I need you to lean in. I need you to uh, not treat this just like, oh, it's just another church. This is what we do on Sunday. Let's go hear, let's go hear a motivational speech. We're not, that's not what we do here. We don't just give motivational speeches. This is the Word of God. Amen, everyone? And so we're going to lean into the Word of God today. And uh, I would encourage you to find a mobile device or if you brought a Bible, um, open it up, be, be prepared. We're going to give you scripture after scripture after scripture today because we need to lay a foundation on what's going to happen this Wednesday. We're believing God for him to move in a very strong and powerful way. So if you've been uh, tracking along, then you know that this is our fourth week of our Through the Valley series. And uh, we've been talking about faith, and, and last week we kind of flipped it a little bit, and we wanted to talk about faith as it pertains specifically in the area of healing. We knew that the Lord um, put this on our heart about a year ago, and so we're just being faithful, we're just obeying, we're just listening, and uh, we're trusting God ourselves that we are bringing the right message for the right season for you guys. And we talked about several scriptures along these lines. Matthew chapter 5, verse 36 said, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Last week, Pastor Taylor started talking about faith and fear, right, how your faith is, is, you know, people think it's the opposite, fear is the opposite of faith. What if, what if fear is just faith pointed in the wrong direction, right? And so that was so good, so good. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's interesting, God always connects faith with believing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. The scripture has a lot to say in this area of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must do two things. What are those two things? They must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Matthew chapter 21 verse 22, whatever Look at your neighbor and say, whatever. Whatever Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive, big if right there, if you have faith. The Bible says a lot, talks a lot about faith. In fact, faith is a big deal to God. Hebrews 11:6. without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we've done this every week uh, that I've spoken, so I'm going to do it again. Does begging move God? No. no. And we want it to. We do. We think, well, God's a compassionate God. If I beg, if I groan, you know, if I groan loud enough, he'll hear me. Does need move God? No. No. It doesn't move God. There's a lot of need in the world today. There's a lot of need in the world. And if need alone moved God, then there would be no need in the world. The Bible says, you know, it's talking about, um, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
A lot of people think that what's happening down on the, on the earth is God's perfect will and plan. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Make no mistake about it. This is not God's perfect will and plan. God has a perfect will and a plan, but it's not necessarily happening down here on earth. That's why we got to pray and believe God for it. That's why Jesus was telling his disciples, no, 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 no. You need to ask him, God, what is your plan? What is your perfect will? What, what do you want us doing? How many of you guys know that there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no death in heaven? There's no murders going on in heaven? There's no poverty in heaven? Why? Because God's perfect will is being done in heaven. Amen, everyone? So we need to find out what God wants down here while we're down here. Does desire move God? No. The only thing that moves God according to his word, and again, his word is all we have to go on, friends. The only thing that moves God is faith. So we want to look at this from a different direction, and, and you're going to have to lean in today. If you, if you are just here hoping that I, you know, do some fun illustration and maybe make you laugh a little bit, you're going to miss today. You're going to miss it today. I need you to lean in, and I need you to read the Word of God as if it was the first time you've ever heard these stories before. You guys know, you, there, no one has ever extracted everything there is to extract out of the Word of God. Like, there's always something to learn, always something to know, always something to grow in if we approach the Word correctly. So as the Scriptures come up on the screen or as you're flip, flipping to them in your Bible or in your mobile Bible app, Man, read the scriptures as if it was the first time you've ever seen them. See what the Lord wants to say to you today. This is why the Bible says, give us today our daily bread. We want to look into this today, but I want you to lean in. So, Father, we pray right now. Lord, we've got a lot to say today. And, Father, I don't want to get in a hurry. Even though I've got several notes on a screen. I don't want to move faster than you want to move. I want to communicate exactly what you want to communicate. We want to share your word today. Father, as we look into your perfect word, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we look into your infallible, uncompromised word, Father, I pray that we are, we are enlightened like the book of Acts says. That the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, God. Illuminate your word to us. Father, for some of us, we're going to be looking at stuff we've never seen before. We've never heard before. But yet it's been there for generations after generations. Lord, I pray for that aha moment today. That moment where we see you in the text. Where we see you through the context of our personal story, our personal background, Father. God, you said in your word that we would know the truth, and the truth would set us free. We're praying for freedom today in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to open up to the book of Luke, chapter 5. For those of you who uh, may, maybe you've been sick before, maybe your kids have been sick before, you know, kind of our natural result is to just take them to the doctor. Why? Because the doctor knows some stuff, right? They're trained in this area. And doctors will no notice things that other people don't notice. Well, in the Gospels, one of the Gospel writers, and for those of you who are maybe new to church, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. One of those Gospel writers was actually a physician of his day, Luke. 
We, would, we could refer to him and not do any disjustice as Dr. Luke because that's what his profession was in the Bible back in those days. And so Dr. Luke here, I, I'm convinced, and you can tell, you can tell his writings compared to some of the other writings of the gospel writers. In fact, we'll just look at our text here this morning, chapter, chapter 5, verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered in leprosy. This is Dr. Luke's version. Now, if you're familiar with the Gospels, a lot of the same stories are told in different Gospels. The book of Matthew tells the same story in Matthew chapter 8. The Bible says in verse 2, A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, I don't know if you notice the subtle differences, differences, but look at Luke's version again. Luke chapter 5 verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered in leprosy. And again, being a physician of the day, he knew what leprosy was. He had seen many cases of it. In fact, leprosy was such a highly, highly contagious disease that if you had just a spot of it on you, you were exiled from your community because it was so contagious. Open, festering sores. A lot of times, portions or extremities of your body would begin to rot off. There was a stench about you because, again, open, festering sores, pus oozing out. Um, you can imagine, and the more leprosy you had, probably the more painful, the more festering, the more ooze would, would be there, the stench would be there. They, they didn't have the hygiene that we have today. And so here is a man who comes up, and Dr. Luke, who has seen case after case after case of this, says, a man came along. He didn't just have a spot in it. This guy was covered in leprosy. Do you see what he's noticing here as a doctor, as a physician? And, and I imagine he knows how contagious it is. And so he's like, uh-oh, you know, something's fixing to go down. The only, the only real contagious thing that I've, that I've had was I had pink eye once. You know what I mean? And uh, pink eye apparently is contagious. And I, I, had, I, was, on a, I was at a way at a conference. And uh, this is back when we were living in Kansas. And we went to Kansas City. Um, I, I lived in Topeka, so we had to drive like almost two hours to get to, um, to get to this conference. And as I was there, my eyes started to itch. And so I rubbed it and rubbed it and rubbed it. You know, I don't, I don't ever, no one ever suspects they're getting pink eye. And so by rubbing it, and well, then my other eye itched. And so I rubbed it and I just, I just gave it to myself double. You know what I mean? And by the time uh, I got to the conference, my, both of my eyes, pink, oozing, pus coming out of them. I had like a bad case of pink eye. Well, I got home, went and saw my, uh, an optometrist came to our church and I went and saw him and I knew it was bad because he put on his little medical gloves, you know, and then he looked at it. He put on another pair of gloves. He like double gloved, you know what I mean? And he got, he didn't get like a little Q-tip. He got the long Q-tip, right? The big, and he, and he like opened my eye with him and he's got his respirator on. He's a faith man, right? And he's like, you got a bad case of pink eye, bro. You know, gave me a medication and, you know, some drops, and I was on about my day. But that's as most contagious as I've ever been, right? This guy was highly contagious, and it wasn't something that there was a cure for. Like, there was no cure for leprosy. 
And so Dr. Luke sees this man approaching and says, this man is covered in leprosy. Let's continue reading what he wrote, which fortunately there's Bible translators, and so, you know, you can't really read a doctor's handwriting. So we've got, we've got some good translations here. When he, referring to the leopard, saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean which is the exact place that most Christians are in the world today in the area of healing. God, if you're willing. In other words, we know you can. That's not a question. We know you can heal, but, but will you heal me? Will, can you do it for me? Or, or what do I need to do? What am I supposed to learn from this? Do I need to do something f for this, right? And I don't know where they got the, the, the if you're willing, because if you'll finish the text, verse 13 says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. First of all, ooh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, why? And I imagine Dr. Luke going, don't, you know, it's because Jesus reaches out, puts his hand on his festering arm, touches the man, look what he says, I am willing, he said, be clean, and immediately the leprosy left him. Listen, friends, one word of God can excite you, and it, it should excite you. Man, let the word of God leap inside of you when you read these stories. The word of God is real. Do we believe this story happened just like it was written. Do you believe it? Is the Word of God real? Is it alive to you? Is it quickening you? If you're sitting in service and the Word of God isn't moving inside of you, just say a real quick prayer right here. God, let this move inside of me. Let me see what I've never seen before. Because this Word should move inside of you. And when we look at this Word and we see immediately the leprosy left him, well, then we obviously know it was God's will to heal him. So the question that we have to ask is, is it God's will to heal everyone? Is it God's will to heal everyone? Now, we believe this. So if it is God's will to heal, then how do we ascertain the will of God? How do we know? That word ascertain, which really literally means how do we make certain? Because that's what we need to do. We need to make certain that it is God's will to heal and specifically to heal me, to heal you. Well, how do we know? Some people, you know, would think, well, the results... The results should be an indication on whether or not it's God's will to heal. You, you come up to some people and you're like, do you think it's God's will to heal? Is God going to heal you right now? And their response is, well, I sure hope so. Well, how, how do you know if it's God's will to heal? Well, if you pray for me and I'm healed, then it must be God's will to heal. But if you pray for me and I'm not healed, then it must not be God's will to heal. And this is how people are forming their theology around the character and nature of God. 
based upon their results. And it is a commonly held thought and belief that sometimes God heals and sometimes he doesn't. Let me ask you this. If that's how we're formulating our beliefs based upon results and results alone, then is it God's will for everyone to go to heaven? Is it? It's not a trick question. We're just asking questions here. Well, according to Scripture, how do we know? I guess if we're taking the most common perspective, and that is, well, if I end up in heaven, I guess it was God's will for me to be in heaven. If I don't, then it wasn't. We, We will not walk this earth with the assurance of salvation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what the Bible says. And so what that means is anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It is actually God's plan and desire that you are saved. It is God's plan and desire that you go to heaven. In fact, the Bible says that he's not willing that any perish and face hell, but that all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, how do we know that is because the word of God says it. That's how we know it. And so it's not based on your result. It's based 100% on the Word of God and what I believe the Word of God says. Are you with me, friends? That's how we form our opinions on who God is and His character. It's, It's only by what the Word of God says. So, is it God's will to heal? Well, we have to look at the Word. God is not a respecter of persons. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, I the Lord do not change. Acts chapter 10 verse 34, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Well, of course he'll do it for my aunt or for my grandma. They pray all the time or they're in their Bible. Of course he'll do it for them. They go to church all the time. No, 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 no. That would, that would insinuate that God is playing favorites. But according to Scripture, he's like, I get it. I, I get it. I see it. Now I know God does not show favoritism. King James says, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Do we believe the Bible, friends? Yes. It's all we have. We have more written manuscripts of the original text of the Bible, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, than we have of any other history written down. We have more original manuscripts on the Word of God than anything else we own. So the Word of God is all we have. Well, does the Word of God say Anything else in the line of healing? Were there any other scriptures on healing? Well, there's plenty. I'm just going to read you a couple of them. Luke chapter 4, verse 38. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. She had the flu, right? And they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever. Didn't pray for her. He rebuked the fever 
And it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. Matthew chapter 8, verse 31. This is a case where there was this, the demons there. It was this demon-possessed man. Jesus is like, no, this ain't going to work. Um, the demons beg Jesus, if you drive us out, because they know what his reputation is, right? If you drive us out, send us into a herd of pigs. He said to them, go. One word. Go. And they left. Like they set that, they set that dude free, right? Matthew chapter 9, verse 23. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house, saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And make no mistake, friends, there are going to be people in your faith walk who are going to laugh at you. They're going to make you feel funny for standing on the word of God, for standing up for the truth. It happened in Jesus' day. It's going to happen in yours. Are you with me? Verse 25, after the crowd had been put outside, which is what he thinks of people laughing at him, he went in, took the girl by the hand, she got up, news of this spread throughout the whole region. Luke chapter 8, verse 48, the Bible says, and he said to her, daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace. Here's what we know about the character and nature of Jesus. See, we read about stories of Jesus, but if Jesus was to walk out from backstage and stand right here on stage in his manifested presence and glory, and you were to ask him, Jesus, is it your will to heal me? His answer is going to be the same. Yes, daughter. Yes, son. Yes, brother. Yes, sister. My will is to heal you. I want to heal you. My desire is to heal you. His answer is going to be the same. Did he ever say, come on, Bible scholars, I'm leaning on you for just a second. Is there one recorded case in Scripture where Jesus said, nah, not today. No, I'm not, I'm not going to heal you. Is there one recorded case in Scripture where Jesus did that? You cannot find one place in the New Testament where Jesus said, I will not heal you. Not even one. Not one response. Anywhere. And he's not, he hasn't changed. If he was to walk out today, he would say the very same thing. Yet the more commonly held belief is that Jesus sometimes heals people, and sometimes he doesn't. And listen, I don't, I had to, I had to stop in the middle of last service, and I had to just kind of clear the air for just a second. I'm not trying to be hard. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be matter of fact. I am tired of the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy And so we've got to talk about some of these things. Your kids need you to understand this. You need you to understand this. Generations after you need you to understand this. So we're just going to talk about it. So I'm very matter of fact because in some cases I'm having to undo some false theology that people have been grown up and listened to, have been taught. And so we're going to give you the Word of God and we're going to let the Word of God do all the heavy lifting today. 
Amen, everyone. We're going to show you what the Word of God says. We have confused the issues, and by we, preachers, book writers. We've taught messages, and we've done our best, and, and here's the bottom line. So many people would rather choose not to believe in the Spirit of God and in healing than try to understand it. It's easier just to say, well, it's whatever God wants. It's whatever God wants. But when you read Scripture, you find out what God wants. So what I'm encouraging all of us to do this weekend is read through the text without our religious colored glasses on, without what someone has taught us, without what our denomination believes. And just read the Word of God for what the Word of God says. Amen, Amen everyone. So, as we read the Word of God, every single person who came to Jesus to be healed, left healed. So, it, it asks the question then, well, then why do Christians who believe God, who believe His Word, number one, get sick, and number two, stay sick? Well, there are three things that I want to talk about today. Three areas on why I believe Christians get sick and stay sick. And so we're going to look at some of these things today. Number one, millions upon millions of Christians simply don't know that it is God's absolute and perfect will for them to be healed. They just don't know it. They, don't, they can't believe in it because they've never been told it. Because so many people are not teaching the Word of God the way it's written. They're just teaching the way they've heard it spoke. And so because they've never heard it, they have no faith to stand on. They have, no, they have no reason to appropriate the Word of God in their life. They have, they have, they're not confessing the Word of God. They're not standing on the Word of God. F.F. Uh, Bosworth said it best, faith begins where the will of God is known. How do you have faith in something if you don't know what God's will is? So we've got to look and we've got to understand what God's will is in this area for us this series, we're simply talking about the area of healing. Well, faith begins when I know what God's desire, what His will is pertaining to and concerning healing. Number two reason why Christians get sick and stay sick is what has been provided by grace must be received by faith. It's been provided by grace, but it's got to be received by faith faith. Just because someone buys you a meal doesn't mean you walk around full. You got to eat it. Are you with me, friends? You got to put it in your mouth and chew a little. You got to let that, you got to let that food work inside of you. A lot of you guys have children in school. And so, you know, if you're like us, I mean, we had to pay school lunches. Okay. And so I can remember Tyson would bring home these little pieces of paper and he would be like, dad, I'm like negative $2 on school lunches. And I'm like, why do they wait till we're in the negative? Tell me. Right. And so I can show up and this is what I did often. And as I would show up and I'd pull a $100 bill out of my wallet and I'd hand it to the office lady. And I say, I just want to take care of Tyson's lunch lunches for the rest of the year. 
just whatever it is, because I mean, we're like halfway through the year. I don't know what that number is, but here's, here's, what is the price for the rest of his lunches for the rest of the year? And she would tell me, and I would just pay it, right? I just pay it that way. I don't get that little thing. Tyson doesn't have to go like, dad, come on. And so I would pay it, and then I would look at the, the office lady, and I would say, hey, listen, would you let Tyson know that the rest of his lunches for the entire year are paid for? She'd be like, sure. And I'd turn around and walk away. Well, then, then the phone rings and she forgot, forgets to call Tyson in. So Tyson does not know that his school lunches are paid for for the rest of the year, right? Are his school lunches still paid for for the rest of the year? Yes. Does Tyson know that? No. So if Tyson shows up that day with a negative $2 in his account and sits in the cafeteria and doesn't want to incur more debt, right? And, and because that's what he thought. He thought that I haven't, I haven't paid for his school lunches. And does not eat lunch, does it change the fact that his school lunches are paid for? No, it does not, does it? Now, if someone was to say, Tyson, how come you're not eating lunch today? And he says, well, I guess it's not my dad's will for me to have lunch today. Does it change the fact that his school lunches have been paid for? No, it doesn't. We have to eat the meal that has been provided for us. Amen, everyone? You have to appropriate it in your, in, your, in your own world. Look at another scripture, Mark chapter 9, verse 17. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who's possessed by a spirit and has robbed him of his speech. Verse 18. Whenever it seizes him, that, that key word there is seizes. We understand seizures and what it, what it looks like, and it basically begins to describe what a seizure is right here. It throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. This is a pretty, now you got to understand, it's a pretty heart-touching story here. It's a father. This is his son. This whole thing's going down. He brings him to the disciples. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. If we stop right here, we have the opportunity to start a brand new doctrine right here. Sometimes God heals and sometimes He doesn't, right, according to this scripture. Well, I brought Him to your disciples. They prayed for Him. He's still seizing. The whole thing's still happening. And if we stop the story right there, we would be under the impression that sometimes God works and sometimes He doesn't. But if you finish the text, verse 22, the Father goes on, it's often thrown Him into the fire or the water to try to kill Him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. What's He doing right here? He's, he's putting the... He's putting the pressure and the emphasis on Jesus, right? God, if there's anything you can do. But look at Jesus' response. If you can. If, if, in other words, if, if I can. Jesus said this. Whoa. Everything is possible for one who believes. Jesus takes that and puts it right back on him. And this is hard for some people to understand. But we see it happen right here in real time. If you can do anything, 
Jesus is like, if I can, everything's possible for one who believes. And he puts it right back on them. Do you see that in Scripture, guys? So here we go. Out of the 19 individual cases of healing mentioned in Scripture, and this is not talking, it depends on how you count them. It's not talking about when Jesus healed the multitudes. It's not talking about the demoniacs and stuff like that. It's not talking about that. If you go look at the specific cases of an individual healing, right, out of the 19 individual cases of healing that you will read about in Scripture, 10 of them refer to or point to the individual's faith. It makes reference to their faith. With the nobleman's son, the Bible says the, the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him and went his way. We see that the son, his boy, began to get better and was healed at that moment. Concerning the paralytic man who was let down through the roof, remember that? His friends let him down through the roof. The Bible says Jesus saw their faith and he spoke to them and the man was healed. Jesus said to the centurion concerning his servant, go your way, and as you have believed, so it be done to you. To the woman with the issue of blood, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. For the two blind men, he touched their eyes, and he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. To blind Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus he said, your faith has made you whole. Concerning the Syrophoenician's daughter, he said, Woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. To the man who had a lunatic son, he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief, right? Like, I believe, and if there's any more to believe, like, I, I want to believe more. And his boy was healed. Concerning Jairus' daughter, the Bible says Jesus told Jairus, Don't be afraid only believe. Out of, the, out of these 19 individual cases, 10 of them pointed to some way, some way, some form or fashion to the person's individual faith that God was not only able, but would heal them. Now, six more of the 19 cases, you don't see Jesus necessarily point to their faith, but you see their faith in action. And a lot of people are like, well, yeah, but that's when Jesus walked the earth. We'll flip over to Acts. Acts chapter 3, we see a story of a lame man who was, who was that way since he was born, never has been able to walk. You see Peter and John, who are not Jesus, walk over to him, grab him by the hand and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. And then they pull him up and he gets up leaping, jumping, dancing, praising the Lord. You'll see other cases where in, in the book of Acts where they brought out the sick and, and lined the streets with them so that the shadow of the apostles would just hover over them and they were healed. And this is, listen, I'm not saying that this isn't, this isn't something that you can't wrestle with. By all means, wrestle away. But it does not change the Word of God. It is, was, and always has been God's plan to heal you. You know what the Bible doesn't say? Not one scripture, not one time, 
does it say anything to the fact that it might not be God's will to heal? The scripture is absent from the phrase, this just isn't your time. The scripture is absent from the phrase of, well, nobody really knows why. Not one time does God say through his word, well, I'm going to teach you a lesson first, and then. You don't see that in scripture. So don't let that theology or that teaching form your opinion about God because it's not true. Let the word of God stand on its own. Take your opinion and your thought about God's character from the word, not through someone else's theology, not through someone else's explanation of what's going on. The third reason why I believe people are sick and stay sick is because most simply just choose not to obey God and follow his perfect will for their lives. Well, what do you mean by that? For most Christians, I'm not talking about your place church people, all right? You people love God, you're hungry for the word, you're growing. But for most Christians, it's easier to just not take responsibility for your own faith. And I don't mean that hard. I don't. It's just easier for us to say, well, God has a plan. God's just doing something mysterious that I don't know, and I'm sure one day I will, which is a true statement. One day we're going to know everything. But don't make excuses for what we know to be the Word of God. Listen, I've got stories in my life where I was still growing in my faith. And things did not happen the way I needed them to happen. Does not change the Word of God. And we've got to come to this place where we draw a line in the sand and we say, the Word of God says it. I believe it. Regardless of my past, regardless of what's going on, regardless of what happens, the Word of God is true. I believe it, that settles it. That settles it. And then believe God for your next time. Believe God for your children. Believe God to continue to grow in this. Because it's not hard, like some consider it being hard. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing. This is why I get so upset at people that tell me, I just don't got time to do that. I know I should probably do my devotions. I know I should probably. We all can read the Word of God more, can't we, brother? Can't we, brother? We all, you know, none of us read it enough. No, no. I believe you can actually read the Word of God enough. God knows you got a job, He knows you got a family. But if you'll approach the Word of God on a regular basis and you say, God, give me today my daily bread. What do I need out of this today? He will illuminate that Word to you. The important thing is is that you value the Word of God. 
specifically in the area of healing. There are um, experiences. There are, I'm just going to tell you what they are. There, are. there are healing schools across the nation that their whole purpose is if someone's sick, they come to this healing school and they expose themselves to the Word of God over and over and over and over. And they happen Monday through Friday. And the whole point of healing school is to build your faith, which is the reason why we have... We haven't prayed for anybody to receive healing during this series. We're waiting until this Wednesday night. Is because we need you to sit in these services and grow your faith. That's what we've been doing. We're very, we're very targeted in this. We want you to hear. We want you to read for yourself. We want you to see and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's God's will to heal you. Right? Grow your faith. And so that's what these people do. Twice a day, they have healing school. And I remember listening to one of the professors of healing school talk about a story of a, of a gentleman that came in. He was a young guy. He said you could tell he used to be a bigger guy because his skin just kind of drooped off of him. And all you could see was his bones. He had been in the hospital for an extensive period of time. And the doctors came up to him and basically said, listen, there's, there's not much else we can do. We can give you a little bit of something to help with the, you know, the side effects, the complications, the pain. But other than that, you should probably get your home in order. And that's a tough, tough, tough thing for the doctor to say. And so he, his young wife is there. Of course, this news was devastating to them. And they had heard about one of these healing schools. So he leans over to his wife and says, can you just help me get dressed? I mean, literally, they've just left me here to die. Get me dressed. I mean, come on, if we're going to die anyway... I might as well go see what one of those healing schools is all about. Help me get dressed. So she helps him up, gets him dressed, right? Gets him down to their car and drives him to one of these healing schools. Now, by the time they got there, the service had already started. He's weak, 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 weak. Has, has a rough time breathing. She gets him, carries him in, sits him in the back row of the, the healing school room. And he drapes himself over the chair in front of him just to hold himself up because he has no energy. And every, and every breath, he's just struggling for every breath. <gasps> to the point that everybody in healing school knew he was there. And so they kind of look back to see him. And he's just hanging on to the chair in front of him. Weak, weak, hasn't eaten for, for days, weeks. But the Bible says that many came to Jesus to hear and be healed. And so as the professor begins to tell the story, he gets about 15 minutes into it, and the guy's still draped over the chair, but he's breathing a little bit easier. 30 minutes into it, he's kind of, he's picked his head up, and he's listening to the scripture after scripture after scripture. What's happening? He's building his faith. He recognizes that every person that came to Jesus for healing left healed. By the time that the service was over, he's sitting there, completely straight, 
breathing. Service is over. Professor's talking to a few of the people. Sees that couple stand up and get ready to leave. Beelines back and says, brother, what happened in you today? He's like, I don't know. I was just listening to you speak. And all of a sudden, I got all tingly on the inside. <laughs> He's like, I, f I feel different. I feel good. And then he looks at his young wife and says, I'm hungry. And she begins to cry because he hasn't had a complete meal in weeks, right? They go across the street to where a Mexican restaurant was, and he says he had two Mexican dishes. <laughs> Ate them both, right? And kept him down and was healed. Amen. That's your story. That's your story. Because Matthew 25, verse 35, 24, verse 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. God is looking over his word to perform it. No matter what anybody's past experience says, no matter if the government tells us we can't preach it any longer, his word will never pass away. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. There are over 30 different reasons in Scripture why we know it's God's will to heal. And this Wednesday, we're going to pray for people. And we're going to believe God for the gifts of healing to be in operation. On September the 24th, God was, it was a Tuesday. The construction guys were making all kinds of noise over here. I think there was like all kinds of smoke in this part of the building. We made the decision that Tuesday to go back to our gym where the kids are meeting right now to have prayer that Tuesday. Put a sign on the door. Some of you met us back there. As we were praying on Tuesday, I got a word from the Lord. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but something just came up in my heart where I heard God say to me during last Wednesday... Now, I have no understanding of people with thyroid issues. I don't even know what thyroid issues are. I've, I've never dealt with that, never spoke with anybody in depth about that. But the word thyroid came up during prayer. I don't know who you are. I don't know what that means. I don't even know what you deal with. But the Lord told me, amongst other things, on Wednesday night, he's going to heal thyroids. I don't know what that means. And if that's you and you struggle in that area, be encouraged. Amen. As well as other areas of your lives. We genuinely believe that God is going to move in a very, very real way. So if you need healing in any area of your life, this is what I want you to do. I want you to build your faith tonight, tomorrow. Listen to the messages again. Look at the scriptures again. Put it in your mind. Put it in your heart. Get it etched in the tablets of your heart. It is God's will for everyone to be healed. Whatever. This, there's no list of things that God's like, oh, except for this. In fact, if you go read Deuteronomy chapter 28, it actually lists everything that could be wrong with you. And at the end of it, it says, oh, and if there's anything else I left out. <laughs> That's what Deuteronomy 28 says. and says, you are redeemed from it. 
Galatians says you are redeemed from the curse of the law. So you've been set free from that. And if you come and you got your faith ready, and I'm going to ask you, do you believe that it is God's will for you to be healed? And at that point, you will, re you will respond, I do. I absolutely do. And then me or one of us, we're going to pray for you, and we're going to watch God heal you. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. So do I. Because Jesus said everything is possible for one who believes. Right. Father, we love you. <clears throat> and Father, we know that your word is truth. And that the entrance of your word brings truth and it brings understanding. And Father, I know there's several of us in the room, we're still wrestling with some of this stuff and it's okay. You're not offended at our wrestling. Because what happens is at the end of the day, at the end of our journey, at the end of our wrestling, the truth always wins. The truth always prevails. And God, we get to see you in your truest character, in your truest nature, in your truest form. Every single person who came to you for healing left healed. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that you try to use us or test us or uh, try to prove something by putting sickness on your people. So, Father, we're trusting you for a mighty move of your spirit this Wednesday night. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.